All right. Excellent. Great. So I want to thank all of you lovely ladies for being here. Um, I can't tell you how much this means that you all are being a part of such a wonderful podcast um, with such a timely topic that we're going to discuss today, which is grief during the holiday. Um, as you all know, I entitled this one, Tis the Season, because it's tis the season to be jolly, but not for everyone. Um, some people struggle during this season, and that's the reason why we're here today. So I will introduce myself. Of course, I am Deirdre Wheeler, the host of Bruh, Let's Talk About It podcast. Um, and this podcast came out of a project from Leadership Clayton, which my two lovely guests, um, Kim and Trista, both are part of Leadership Clayton, best class ever, class of 2023. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I um, will take this time to allow them to introduce themselves. So one by one, um, how about you, Kim? Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Kimberly Fowler, and I am a business coach that teaches tax professionals how to start, run, and grow their own individual tax business. Um, and I was also a member of Leadership Clayton as well. So, you know, we are class of 20, uh, what, 2023 alumni. Woo <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Thank you, Kim. Trista? Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Deidre. My name is Trista Anderson. Currently, I work for Southern Company Gas. I'm a program manager of our enterprise asset management technology, and I also am the host of Energy Toss Network, Powerful Women segment. So Excellent. you can catch me on that. Thank you. We definitely will. How can we follow you again? Um, you can follow me at Sunshine Anderson. Okay. And well, then on the Powerful Women segment, it is on YouTube, on the YouTube Energy Toss Network YouTube channel. Excellent. Excellent. And Kim, this is going to be a busy season coming up for you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I was on mute. Yes, it is. It's a busy season. That's why I have been round the clock. I've been working since six o'clock this morning. I got a, a class to teach at eight o'clock for a tax professional. So yeah, my day is not going to stop before months. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. And how could we follow you, Kim? At Tax Pro Kim on Instagram or Kimberly Fowler on Facebook. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I can't thank you ladies enough. Um, we're here and I've chosen these two particular ladies because we all share something in common and um, that's the death of a parent. And so we're going to dive into that. Um, as we have these discussions, though, I just want to remind everyone that this is a safe space and we can have these discussions. If the discussions, you know, get too emotional, we would definitely pause. We want to respect that as well. And of course, on hand, we have our expert here with us today, which is Miss Tammy Keisha Meeks. We call her Tammy. Um, just a bit of an intro. Tammy is passionate about being of service to others. She make it her business to meet her clients where they are. Um, Tammy Keisha is specifically facilitates groups, grief groups in her local community. And um, she has developed individuals and families to cope with the loss of their loved ones due to all type of violence and different things of that sort. She also practices individual counseling, addressing anxiety, PTSD, grief, trauma through an existential humanistic lens while using other tools from her, oh my God, Tammy, <laughs> um, from different approaches. Tammy Keisha enjoys counseling couples, addressing emotional needs and communication challenges. She has earned her BS in health and safety education at the University of Illinois, and she has her master's degree in clinical mental health at, from Governor State University. Please like, follow, and share on her Instagram page, which is Talk to Tammy LPC. Tammy. Oh my goodness. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about you. Thank you. Oh my goodness. Um, first of all, I am in great company. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yes, I've done my fair share of, of lots of grief counseling, um, specifically, definitely in the communities uh, in the Chicagoland area. Um, 
some groups, especially with parents who have lost their children to gun violence, which is a huge thing in our lovely city of Chicago. Um, I've also done some group therapy um, among our, our seniors, which is usually really a challenging thing because seniors aren't usually interested in therapy. Um, so I had to kind of knock out some myths when it comes to um, who should get therapy? Why should we get therapy? You know, who do we talk to? And so, um, and then on top of that, of course, I do work uh, at a practice as a licensed professional counselor. And um, I I stay pretty busy. This is our season. This is counseling season. So we are really, really busy. And yes, um, you can find me on Talk to Tammy LPC on Instagram. All right. Thank you. And speaking of busy, I'm sure the pandemic played a role in, you know, increasing your numbers as well. Talk to us a little bit about that, Tammy. Ah, certainly. So, of course, um, and we did have offices where we were, you know, seeing people face to face. And that March 2020, when everything kind of shut down, we slowly made our way to the homes. And as you can see, I am still in my home office. And um, it was quite challenging. Um, a lot of people were not comfortable with being inside, um, actually having to tap into some of the things they've never had to address. So that's always, um, it was always a big challenge. However, um, we got chance to kind of dig deep into like their fears about you know, the pandemic, their fears about being ill, um, going outside, or when we had the opportunity to, to go back outside little by little, we had to actually talk about what it feels like, you know, and kind of working through the anxiety about that. And of course, um, the influx of news and how the news is very fear-based. And so I had to counsel a lot on that. And so um, it kept me pretty busy. Um, literally nonstop. I had to work really hard on myself to avoid burnout because it, it was really a busy time. My counselors were busy. We were, you know, we we're, we're in the dark behind what the nurses are doing in the front line. Us counselors were doing in the back. All right. God bless those nurses and counselors. Yes. <laughs> All righty. So moving along again, tis the season, right? Um, Recently, I watched, I don't know if any of you all saw Tyler Perry's documentary, and it's called Maxine's Son. Well, there was one point in there that he brought out, and he says, holidays have not been the same without his mom. Um, as you all know, he lost his mom, I want to say in 2008, and it took him several years to bounce back from that loss. Um and so for us, you know, we're all in this season. And I just want to kind of talk about like, you know, how was, you know, this holiday season or how is it? Because we're still in the midst of it. How has it been for you? Anybody? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, I just recently lost my mother um, in June of last year. Um, she did have pancreatic cancer, so it was quick. You know, it was, it went from, oh, she's sick to, okay, she's gone. Um, so we were able to, the beauty in it though, although when we initially found out she was sick and what her diagnosis was, we immediately jumped to that stage of grief where we, we, we went from denial to, we didn't try to bargain. It was, it was what it was. We knew what was coming. So we were able to create memories lasting memories that we probably weren't going to be able to have the next Christmas, which is this Christmas. So we were able to actually do a lot of things and we created a tradition in memory of her um, because we knew what was coming. So the blow what wasn't as traumatic because we knew what was coming, but this Christmas we honored her, you know, with the tradition that we said that we were going to do. Um, we we kind of get around and sing and do everything on like Christmas Eve, like we, you know, like 12 o'clock. And so um, she had a favorite song. So we play her favorite songs and we had her, you know, so it's going to be a tradition. So okay. it was actually a tribute, you know? Um, so that's how we were handling our grieving process in memory of her. Excellent. And, and that's a great point too. Um, I was listening to a podcast, a love podcast, of course. And 
one of the points that was brought out is to do something where you're constantly remembering that person. Um, it was actually Dion Cole who spoke about it because he lost his mom, I think last year. Um, and he says like, even if you make your mom's name, um, your password, one of your passwords. So every day you're logging in, you're thinking about it, not to try to hide, you know, Hey, this loss, but every day you're face to face with it. And, you know, it just becomes our norm so that, you know, it kind of breaks that sadness that you're feeling. Um, so Trista, did you want to add in anything? No, just to add, I lost my mom, what, eight years ago, and I lost my father five to 10 years ago. So I lost them about a year and a half apart. And I lost my dad of pancreatic cancer. And then my mom ended up having a seizure to the brain um, eight years ago. So holidays are a little different because birthdays hurt because my mom died on her actual birthday. So her birthday is the hardest because like I said, it's the day she, well, her birthday and then the day she died. So we typically in March, myself and my siblings, because she had eight kids, we always get together and have like a sister brother reunion in honor of my, of my mother. But this year in particular was probably the first Christmas, I think in seven, seven eight years that I actually stayed home and had a family gathering. I actually hosted Christmas because typically we go out of town just to get away from holidays because holidays hadn't been the same, but this year actually felt a little different and we actually was able to just celebrate at home. Excellent. I love that. Eight, eight of you all, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's 11 all together. Oh, 11. Yes. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, I beat you by a little bit. My dad had 13 <laughs> children. <laughs> yeah, my mom had three, my dad had three, and then when they married, they had five together. Good, good, excellent. Well, um, I, I applaud you. Um, unfortunately, that's something that my siblings and I don't do. Um, honestly, even at my dad's funeral, all thirteen of us wasn't even present. So, um, you know, that speaks volume. And you know, I, I that's something that I wish that I had in my family. Mm -hmm. um, one day we will. Um, but as for now, you know, everyone is going their separate ways. And unfortunately, um, my dad died three years ago. And, you know, he was that glue, that bond that kept okay. us. So without him, you know, everyone is just doing their own thing. And, you mm -hmm. know, so um, thankfully, uh, I would say maybe at least five of us keep in contact. But, you know, five out of 13 is, you know. I would say start at like a, a group chat because that's what, and like I say, it wasn't that, see, I'm the youngest and I think just my next set of sisters we're 12 years apart but I have a brother a year so we're kind of like right there some of us are right there together but it wasn't that we talked all the time then it probably took that situation for us to talk but we have a group text so all of us are in a group text and every morning we text each other good morning happy Tuesday something funny Sunday everybody posts what they cooked for the day so it starts so to keep in touch every day it's not like we talk every day but we text every day in a group chat. That's nice. That's still nice. I mean, hey, mm -hmm. it's, it starts somewhere, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> for that suggestion. I'll try. Yeah, start a group text. 2024, <laughs> hey, you know, resolutions, hey, that may be one of them. Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Tammy, did you want to weigh in? Because um, one thing that Tammy um, will share with you all is that um, not only is she an expert in this field, but Tammy too has suffered losses. So um, Tammy, how are you faring during this holiday season? So my losses are, you know, I lost my husband 12 years ago. So I became a young widow. Um, and then 16 years ago, my sister died from cancer. She was only 28 years old. She's terribly young. Um, so during those times, I will say, um, there's a lot of different moving pieces and I'll elaborate farther in, in our conversation, but the, the type of relationships, so you guys are referring to your moms and your dads. So those relationships are very different from whatever connections you may or may not have had. Um, I, I lost my husband, however, in how he died, um, was very, it was surprising, yet unexpected, and very quick. Um, he died from heart failure and only 34 years old. 
Um, and so, and there were a lot of challenges prior to that. So there was a lot of grieving <laughs> prior to that before he actually uh, was no longer with us versus my sister had cancer. She, uh, she was, uh, after diagnosis, she lived 20 months. So the relationship was very different. And to that, we still had some little level of hope. We didn't realize how, unlike uh, some cancers that are very, you know, expeditious, as I, I, I will say, she had soft tissue sarcoma. We really had no clue. It was terribly rare. So going into holidays, I will agree with you guys. Birthdays are difficult. Um, Christmas holidays are, you know, for, for me, because I do celebrate Christmas. Um, Again, based on the relationship, you know, I'm sad about missing my partner, but I don't grieve as hard as I do for my sibling. So it's very different. Um, and I can honestly say, uh, and I'll talk more about that, how it ebbs and flows. It changes, especially over time. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had admitted to a, a close friend of mine that on the day my sister passed, I was on my way to the gym to work out. And I literally went to the bathroom, bursted out in tears sobbed as if it happened in that moment. Then I collected myself and got on the Stairmaster and went on my merry way. And so I allowed myself to feel those feelings. But yeah, holidays and birthdays are the more challenging, but I do spend time, um, as uh, Kimberly and Trista mentioned, as far as honoring that loved one. Um, I do have a picture of my sister when she was at my wedding because um, she um, got really sick that August. I had my wedding in December, she was gone. So it's nice to have like pictures and things like that. Um, but for the most part, and I keep, I have ashes. So we did cremation for both parties. So they're they're in spirit in my home. And so I've honored them in those ways. Excellent. Thank you for sharing, um, Tammy. And, um, you know, just to add, I kind of was on that journey with her um, both times. Uh, we. We have been friends for such a long time before she was even inspired to be a counselor, you know, and, and definitely focus on helping others to deal with this. Um, because um, at, before I became a nurse, I was, uh, well, I had so many hats, but I used to be a counselor too, right out of high, right out of college, my first degree. And many times the, the population that I was dealing with, they would tell me all the time, well, you've never walked the walk. So it's hard for you to talk the talk. And, you know, I would come back, you know, real savvy because I'm like this young 20 something year old fresh out of, you know, um, college. And I would say, you know, I don't need to experience experience to be experienced. However, mm -hmm. you know, someone having that experience, it does go a long way, you know, when it comes to what we're dealing with. So thank you, Tammy. I definitely appreciate that. You talked about um, the the differences of grief and how that looks. Did you want to expound a little bit on that? Absolutely. Um, so I really want to talk about the first part as far as loss. So of course, for the sake of our conversation, yes, it's about you know death and dying and what happens to like the surviving people. But when we get into like death and not necessarily death, we talk about the losses, you know, you grieve a loss of a job. You grieve a loss of that breakup or that divorce. You grieve that loss of that, that life change. Um, I, I personally am currently grieving my youth because I am into middle age now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am I'm not grieving menopause. You can keep that. <laughs> I'm grieving the aging process. And so understand that it, it, it it's different in those little areas. Another thing I talked a little bit about as far as how grieving is different is that the relationship. Mm -hmm. So if you had a mother that you were close to and you were tight knit and to live a life for the first time without her is, is a huge, you know, feat versus maybe you had a dad, y'all won that tight. Y'all had a challenging relationship. So your grief is a little, little different. As I mentioned before, I lost my husband. And so, and, and as Deidre mentioned before, she, she, she has been through so many things with me and regarding my husband and his illness. He also dealt with mental illness and stuff like that. And so I was grieving the loss while he was alive. 
Mm. You know, and then when he died, it was a challenge to like people couldn't understand why I wasn't so sad. I'm like, I shed many tears before he was gone. I was at a level of relief that he was no longer in pain. So you will feel some of that as far as the, the differences in feeling your grief. Um, Long-term illnesses versus sudden death also makes grief a challenge. So if you know your person, you know, that is close to you or is, is, is dying, you know, you actually have a chance, as, as Kimberly mentioned, you guys knew, let's jump on it. Let's start doing things because we don't know how much time we have left. And mm-hmm. same thing with Krista. Um, however, when it's so sudden, you know, uh, you know, heart attacks or things like that, now your grief is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> wait a minute, you jump right into the steps right away. Like, this is not real. This is not happening. And I'll definitely go into more detail about that. Um, And just understanding that these differences impact how you grieve, how other people view your grieving. And um, also timing is a huge thing. And what I mean about timing is that um, in the United States, you know, American westernized culture, um, we expect people to be done with their grief six months. After six months, they're like, oh, you're so sad about that. And let's take another step into African-American culture. Oh, you're not over that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's that. Um, and of course, I, as a clinician, I, I that's cringeworthy language. <laughs> Like, um, no, it's not about getting over. A lot of time it's learning about getting through your loss. Yes. And what does getting through mean? That challenge of how do I get through this? How do I see it and view it every day? You know, thinking about my loved one. I, t- I tell people all the time, I miss my sister terribly, you know. Um, however, I know she's in me. She's in, in the atmosphere. She's with us all the time. And so when I talk about those differences, we talk about just holistically losses at different levels. I know each one of you have experienced some other loss outside of death that you had to grieve, you had to get out of denial about and bargaining and the whole kid and caboodle. And of course, at this level, I'm sure we all been in enough breakups to know yeah. <laughs> those steps <laughs> happen. <laughs> so so the cool- I, I have a question though, like um yeah. me, um I guess my biggest thing when it comes to the loss of my dad is, um, you know, sometimes knowledge is powerful, but too much knowledge, you know, can be a bad thing. And for me, mm-hmm. because I knew as a nurse, my dad could have been saved. Right. Mm. Um, but the decision wasn't mine. The decision was I ultimately, you know, being a spiritual person, I realized the spirit was the the decision was God's right but mm-hmm. but again as a nurse I guess I, I I suffer with that and um because my dad could have been on dialysis and every okay. last one of us see many dialysis centers all over the place and to know that you know he could have just been on dialysis and that would have given us more time so, you know, I wonder, am I still in denial? I mean, I've accepted his death, but I guess I go back and forth because I'm like, okay, yes, my dad, you know, he was ready to go, you know, he was hurt. Um, But then again, as a nurse, I'm like, the only pain he complained about was his knees. Nobody dies from knee pain, you mm-hmm. know? Um, But then, you know, I, at that time I did have access to, um, his records and that was cut off, but that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I no longer had, you know, access to that, but to know that, you know, he had a stroke, he had another stroke and then to be able to look at his labs. And now I'm looking at his labs. I'm like, he needs dialysis. And then to hear he needs dialysis. But then the choice was, he doesn't get dialysis. and He dies sometime after that, you know? So, I, I guess for me, it's like getting through it. How can I get through it with this horrible mindset that I have, which is the 
medical knowledge, if that makes sense. You know, it does make perfect sense. And it's an excellent question. Thank you for sharing. So, so the first thing I heard in your language was if he had this, we would have had more time. If we would have that, that's pretty much a bargaining tool. But when you look at bargaining and you look at it from that more imagine like this could have, could have, should have, would have. But in essence, he could have had dialysis and still would not have made it. Mm -hmm. Or so it's very true that it could have gone either way. And so one, I, I the first thing I would say is in your narrative, because what we do as human beings, we create a narrative to make sense of what happened. So in your clinical mind, you've created that narrative that, oh, if he had this, we've had more time. And mm -hmm. that's a natural thing to do. How I will challenge you is to reframe that narrative. Like, okay, so if he had had this, is there any guarantee he would have had more time? There are no guarantees in life. There are no guarantees. And so making peace with that. So it's not that you had a negative thought behind it. It's that's with a natural human experience. You create a narrative that makes sense. We, You've been doing it ever since you were about four years old when you had memory. So we create these things to make sense of what happened of the loss. So I say challenge you is to look at the narrative and looking how you can switch that narrative. I would agree also because I think I dealt with that maybe the first few years of my mom's death because I, I don't think I, I properly grieve, but um, I do think I dealt with that saying, I think something, you know, she could have been saved because like you said, Deidre, she was on dialysis. She was on dialysis for a few years, but that wasn't what killed her. She was actually having brain seizures. So the part of your brain that tell the back of your brain that tell you to wake up, tell you to do certain things. She was having a seizure in the back. They was treating her for something totally different. They don't know what they was treating her for. So she went in on a Saturday. By that Monday, she went in coma. She was in a coma. Um, by that, I think that weekend, um, they were like, okay, they ran an EKG, I think about a couple days later or whatever it's called, Deidre, where they run it on your brain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so they ran it on her brain to notice that now she was having a seizure. So as they were treating the seizure with medication, they were still doing the dialysis right after. So the dialysis was driving, you know, was draining the medicine out of her. So it never was giving time for the medicine to work for the seizures. So by then she, she was probably already brain dead over that. So all of my siblings came down, we had the opportunity to all get together. Um, and we also had the doctor, you know, tasked us with, hey, do you guys want us to try all everything possible or do you want to take her off of the breathing machine? Because she wasn't breathing on her own. We said, we'll make the decision after her birthday, which was that Wednesday was her birthday. We were going to make the decision that Friday following that. So by that Wednesday, I think she didn't want us to make the decision. She went on her own. So, so now that when I passed, because she died in bed, so it's hard for me to go past that hospital mm -hmm. it's hard I've always told people and I just moved to Fayetteville ironically but and I have to go there to go like certain places and I and I try I close my eyes every time which is not safe <laughs> but I just cannot look over there but um like I said it was, it was it was just hard knowing that could they have did something different could the doctors could have you know medically say okay she having a seizure we may can't do that I, I don't know but I think like you said Deidre she was tired so even with the dialysis even with all of that she was just tired she was tired of the dialysis she was tired of a lot of things and and not knowing. So when we get re got ready to plan her her service, she's actually in Mississippi. We we drove her back, the funeral home drove her back to Mississippi. But when we contacted the funeral home here, she had already contacted them about a couple of months before that. She had already kind of set up her arrangements. If something was to happen, how much would it cost for them to drive her to Mississippi? She had found another funeral home to meet them halfway. So she had already like, and it was ironically, we call Willie Watkins. She had already talked to somebody at Willie Watkins and they was like, your mom called a month or so prior to this. So I think she was, she was just ready. Wow. Mm -hmm. 
My grandmother died at the same hospital. Um, and for me, it was different. Like Tammy mm -hmm. said, you know, the differences of grief. That that grief when my grandmother died was totally different than the mm -hmm. grief with my dad. Um, because man, my dad was like this. Like yep. if I show you guys pictures of my dad, you're gonna you just was everyone laughs because he looks just like me without hair. <laughs> you know, well, I look just like him. So, um, but yeah, when my grandmother died, it was kind of the same thing. It was like, what could they have done differently? Mm -hmm. and, and, and medically, I know they could have done something differently. Mm -hmm. I waited, um, you know, you know, you view the body at the hospital or whatever. And I waited, talked to the um, physician, the, the presiding physician, and I asked him those questions as if I was a non-medical person. And he mm -hmm. dropped it. Like, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. And I know they shouldn't have. But my grandmother had been on dialysis for yes. years. And I knew she was tired. Mm -hmm. You know, I spoke to her two days before she died. I had to rush to the house to help my mom get her off the floor. When I told my mom, don't touch her, you know, I'll do it. So my brother-in-law and I got her up and I asked her, you know, did you trip? She's like, no, I just, I just fell. And, you know, for me... I had that closure because my grandmother said to me, um, and she was a really mean person. She was really mean. <laughs> like, you know how some people you say, oh, she's just a sweet little grandmother. She was sweet. Um, she was. But after I helped her to her room and helped her in the bed, she looked at me and she said, I love you. And that was sh shocking because that's that wasn't her language. And um, the next day I'm at work, well, next evening, because I work nights, and I hear my mom um, leaving. She left me a voicemail message, and I hear her talking to the firefighters, you know, and I'm like, I had told my mom, I said, don't let her cook for herself and watch her. She's too weak. Not knowing, you know, that would be her last time, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I felt the same way. I go to pee my fed, and I'm like, and I applied to work there and I didn't get the job. And I said to myself, it probably was a good thing. <laughs> it probably was a good thing. I might try to look at grandma's records and see, you know. <laughs> you would have been over there critiquing their work. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm, they didn't do that. But yeah. So yeah, you know, we, we, I think we tend to, um, you know, hold on to that. And like Tammy said, you know, we, we it, when we go through this bargaining, you know, we're trying to look for a reason and fit mm -hmm. the and, and definitely blame. You know, there, there's a lot of blame when it comes to death. You know, we we can't, it's really hard for us as humans to accept that the person just died. It's mm -hmm. so hard, you know, for us to accept that we have to find a reason. Um, using Tammy and Tammy, if you don't mind me self-disclosing, when her husband died, you know, she says, they said he died of, died of natural causes. And I told her, I said, 30-something-year-olds don't die of natural causes. Didn't I tell you that? I said, yeah, she did. you go get an autopsy. And she did. And yeah, so we were able to see, he didn't just die. You know, it, it is, it's hard for us to accept that. But I think that what we should start accepting is that when a person's body is tired, fought mm -hmm. a good fight, we're being selfish to want them to continue to fight. And and Tammy, question for you. Do you become numb maybe to like death, I guess? And the reason I'm asking, because you said something important earlier that it's not even grieving death. And you made a good point because like I said, 2013, I lost my dad. 2014, the person I was engaged to, I basically lost him because we broke up, um, mm -hmm. you know, because he wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. And then, 2015 I lost my mom so in those three years it was three of the hardest loss so it's like I just became like numb and I became like in this shell that mm -hmm. I was like it, it, it was like nothing phased me kind of anymore because I had dealt with those things and then during the pandemic so my mom had what seven or eight siblings two of them had already passed before she passed but in that one year when 2020 I had three uncles die like weeks apart my mom's three brothers and then my my aunt who raised us which was like our grandma she passed so it's like I became 
numb yeah. to like death. So it's just like nothing, like kind of, it's not like emotional to me, I guess, no anymore because the two most important people in my life are gone. <laughs> and so then, Trista, like, mm -hmm. yes, you definitely, uh, you hit that point, the two most important people. So we speak to the relationship. Mm -hmm. So when you have a relation, it's almost like the relationship hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And then also thinking about the back-to-back-to-back -back -back losses you are having and not really sincerely being able to grieve them. Mm -hmm. You had no time, well, no time mm -hmm. to actually grieve each one or mm -hmm. actually walk through the steps to grieve, like, what am I feeling? You know, mm -hmm. I, you guys are intelligent women. So I'm almost sure you guys have some idea of what that looks like, but what it looks like for you may be different for someone else. So uh, I'll give you an example. Um, when my sister passed away, um, seven days later, my great-grandmother passed away. Mm. Seven days. My sister's funeral, we're all sad and crying. And my great-grandmother's funeral, I couldn't shed a tear because I couldn't feel anymore. Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel that loss because I'm, I'm still in the other loss. I'm still over here. Um, and so all that to say, you are right. There's a level of kind of numbness that happens, but also it, with these experiences, you become not necessarily not feeling anymore, but you become more aware that life is precious, mm -hmm. that it is fleeting. And when you have them in that time, you enjoy it. And when it's that time, it's that time. Grief is one of those things that's hard to talk about along with writing your will and things like that especially people of color we won't talk about that so-and-so ain't dead yet why we got you know, that kind of thing so to to piggyback off of that Trista you're completely right and it sounds like because you didn't have time to walk through those grieving processes and I know when my sister passed I remember uh grieving the loss but I was in therapy We'll talk a little bit about when we get to coping. Um, but uh, when my husband died, I literally called my therapist that night. Be like, hey, he died. She's like, come in. So I knew what I had to do. I knew that I needed that support to officially grieve each loss and to understand what grieving looked like for me. So, but I will, I will get more into that. But Trista, thank you for sharing that because I know that that had to be Oh, a really challenging time for you, especially with loss, death, loss in relationship, another death, another death, that could be just so emotionally taxing. Mm -hmm. Kim had a, a question. Yeah, I actually have a comment and, and to piggyback off of what we're talking about, how loss is not just a, the loss of a human. Yes. Like, <laughs> Literally now, I'm currently grieving the loss of a friend, a business partner, a business that I built, and also my mom. All of this at the same time. Like I had a business partner who's su who suing me, an ex-business partner who's suing me around the same time I found out that my mom was diagnosed with cancer. So I'm dealing with that. And she was also one of my good friends. So I'm boom, I'm grieving a friend, I'm grieving that, I'm having to wind down the business and create a new one. So it's also me having to take money from investments that I've made and the idea of what the, I'm grieving the thought of what I had to do with that and also mm -hmm. income that I was making. So I'm grieving this mm -hmm. yeah. has come out in the form of me brain fog. So like you can literally, I can literally be here and you're talking to me and I have a priority. I, I'm usually the type of person when I got a priority, I'm, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Mine started coming out as I just couldn't make it. Like I just couldn't mm -hmm. prioritize things the way that I needed to because I'm grieving all of these things at one time. I don't even know where to start to grieve. Mm -hmm. And it was just meant to get a counselor because I, I literally couldn't get out of bed, but I don't even think it was just because of my mom. It was just, I'm more so hurt for my friend doing yes. this. It was crazy. I was like, I'm more hurt about this. So yeah, so fast forward to today, I'm still working through that to where like somebody may call me with something urgent and I'm like, 
you know, okay. And it's like, almost like I'm numb, like I'm, <laughs> it's like I have to protect myself. So that's how <laughs> it's coming out in the form of, I don't know, it's like a shell I've created mm -hmm. around life disappointments. You know, Kimberly, first of all, thank you for sharing because the, 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 the magnitude of grief, people don't really get it that we grieve at all these different things. Mm -hmm. And they happen sometimes little by little or all at one time. And so when we're dealing with that, you're right. You, you kind of sit through what I used to call the, that cloud over you when something's happening, everyone else is living life, celebrating families and making money. I'm like, how y'all happy? And I'm going through this. And so so we call it kind of like that brain fog, that black cloud that's over you. Um, and again, in time when you are working through your grief and you're, you go through the healing process. And again, grief vacillates. You could be in denial one minute, acceptance another, anger another, especially when you have a long-term friendship. You know, myself and Deidre talk about friendships all the time. We've, we've lost some friendships in the process and then we've decided we're not breaking up, but that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. Um, however, you're going to vacillate through them. So just know and prepare yourself for that back and forth. You're going to bargain with like, what happened to that friendship? Like, where did I go wrong? And then be angry, like, how could she do that to me? You know, we've been, we've been through a lot of different things and just the depression, the sadness behind it. Um, and of course, you know, you're probably out of denial about it now since you're officially being sued. Um, so I'm sure you're feeling all of that now. And then at some point you will get to acceptance and make that peace uh, as time goes on. Now, time frames, it really depends on, you know, grief is coming at you. So you got to grieve each piece differently and in small chunks so you can work through that. Like losing a parent who you've known your whole life. Mm -hmm. That's huge versus this friendship that's been around forever, but not as long as mama. But, you know, so you, you have those things to work through. And I definitely, you know, when we talk about the stages of grief, we kind of like briefed it, but uh, I'm going to steal this opportunity to kind of go through those stages of grief right quick. And you guys seem like you're already in tune. I love it. But for our audience, just in case they're not familiar, um, denial is number one. So, and this is from uh, Kubler-Ross. Kubler-Ross is the one that came up with this many, many years ago. They also have a modified version. Um, but denial is, this is not happening. This is not real. I'm going to wake up and this is going to be just a dream. You know, we're not believing it's happening. Um bargaining is our second one so if could should would all those absolute statements well if they just did dialysis he'd be here longer you know if i just helped my friend out longer maybe our business wouldn't have fallen apart you know something like that anger well anger is pretty self-explanatory why this happen <laughs> you know i am i'm teed off i want to fight yeah, you know, why me, you know, um, and that's really real. I mean, I, I remember saying that my sister passed. I'm like, you got these bums on the street. They ain't doing nothing. But my sister's dead, you know, so that anger is really real. And then the depression, feeling really sad about it, um, understanding the magnitude of your losses, like, I, you know, and you'll vacillate. Again, so being depressed, I remember making a plate for my sister, knowing that she wasn't there to eat it. That sadness, you know, coming over me. And then acceptance. So acceptance is one of those things that takes time to get there. But when you do, it's one of those things that, you know what? This is for the best, <laughs> you know? You know, this person's no longer suffering. This person no longer can get me for more money. This person can no longer disrespect me or mistreat me. I'm glad he broke up with me. I'm glad I broke up with him. You know, all those different things are are a part of those steps. And again, you could be in acceptance and one day go back to anger. You know, you could be in denial and, and vacillate between all of them. So, and that takes time. Again, my sister's been gone 16 years and guess what? There are times I hear a song that triggers me to cry, but I allow myself to feel those feelings and move through them. And we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to coping. We're here. 
Let's talk about We're here. That's what's uh, up. Let's talk so, about coping. We need to know what do we do? We we kind of unravel, right? We've opened all these doors. And so what do we do to cope? How so, we- so one thing I tell a lot of my patients when it comes to coping, be kind to yourself. We are quick to beat ourselves up about the loss, whatever it may be. You know, I could have visited more, you know, I could have done this. Oh, we could have been this, all these things, you you know, because those those steps are coming in there. Be kind, you know, beating yourself up does not help. Number two, allow yourself to feel those feelings. Again, a lot of people are going to tell you things and they don't know uh, any better sometimes. Just get over it. Well, if you think about trying to get over something, imagine there's a bag in your way and you leap over it. Well, guess what? That bag is still full of drama and problems and stuff that you got over, but you didn't go through it. So understand people are coming from a place of not knowing what to say, you know? Um, so one, allow yourself to feel those feelings. If you need to cry, do it. Because eventually those tears will stop. <laughs> But when you don't, it will manifest itself in other ways. Like Kimberly mentioned that that fog, it'll show itself in not taking care of yourself. Um, seek help. Number three, if you know like this is bigger than me, go seek help. Find that person. And again, yes, I, I'm biased. I would say go find a good therapist. However, if you have that your best friend who can just hear you, you know, or you've got somebody to talk to that can help you work through that, you know, that's a valuable tool, you know, Um, honoring your loved one. That's a huge one. And it sounds like you ladies are already on top of it. Um, But yeah, honoring your loved one in the way that feels good, feels warm, those beautiful memories of that person, Um, childhood memories, sharing cool stories, you know, things like that does help warm, you know, your heart as far as, you know, what they may not maybe gone in the physical, but they are so alive in me and in my space and in my home and uh, whatever that looks like, you know, and, you know, with those people who are receptive, share those stories. Because they will, I like, oh, yes, I remember, you know, your father. Oh, I remember your mom was so good to me, you know, and they may want to share a great story. It will warm your heart that you realize, you know what, she was or he was just amazing. And of course, last but not least, or in any order, (laughs) self-care. I cannot express that importance enough. What does self-care look like? You know, Um, I know when my grandmother died, my mom was like, book my next flight to Miami. I'm going to go kick it. <laughs> that was her way of self-care because she's like, I'm about to go kick it in Miami. And she went for a week and stayed with my other sister and had a blast so she can come back and regroup, you know? So if it's that, or if it's taking some time to yourself to pour into yourself, I know I was coming to work looking terribly disheveled and it took my friends to be like, Tammy, I'm gonna need you to go home and and put on some better clothes for work, you know, to take care of myself to because I was looking very disheveled and very sad and things like that. And so I would say as far as your coping, self-care is definitely on that list of things to do. Excellent. Thank you so much, Tammy. Um, you've hit every point. We definitely appreciate it. I hope the ladies uh are able to take some of what you gave. Um, I, I don't think either one of them have an issue with self-care. They do that all the time. Look at them, they're glowing. <laughs> but definitely, um, we thank you for that. Um, did either of you want to have say anything as we close? No, you're good. Okay. I just want to say for those who are grieving, who are listening, who might be going through some stages of grief, you know, you may have lost a job, you know, technology, <laughs> you know, a lot of people losing their job, lost the income, lost a person, a mother, father, child, whatever. Um, I know it may be hard right now to understand, but life happens for you, not to you. So, you know, everybody is on their journey, like the if, the shoulda, woulda, coulda things, 
try to stick with the facts of the reality and stay within the realm of the reality. And it's a little easier to cope and say, although this didn't happen and then insert a positive. Um, and that that's what helped me cope. You know, that That's what helped me personally cope. Although, you know, my friend, we, we didn't work out. I learned this or, you know, figure out how you can tie it to a lesson in life that you may be missing or something. Um, so I would like to say that that's, that has been something that has truly helped me get up in the morning and glow, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Kim. Deidre, may I? Yes. In closing. So, and yeah, you know, I, I want to, I know that when the viewer sees they're going to see all these beautiful ladies. However, I, I want to know, let the men know <laughs> that this applies to them. And I know that a lot of men, uh, you know, they're, they're raised to be tough and to push through, but some of the, these same steps apply to them. And so um, our, our gentlemen out there, you know, think about these coping skills, you know, find your person to kind of work through that. And as Kimberly mentioned, which I love, finding your takeaway. What is your takeaway? Mm -hmm. um from that experience you know usually you'll get that in therapy but kim is already ahead of the game and i love that <laughs> uh, what's your takeaway from your experience i love it so i'm sending love and light to all of you and of course the viewers thank you thank you and tammy you're absolutely right um even though this podcast is designed for men's health we do know that every topic that we talk about affects women as well. So it affects us all as a whole. And we want everyone to know that, you know, these topics are for you, even though our panel today just happened to be um, a group of women, but we're a group of women that, you know, um, have the same things in common, right? Everyone has dealt with grief. There's, there's no one at our age group that can say they've never lost anyone or never lost a job, never lost a relationship, never, you know, a friendship. There's losses. How do we cope with them? How do we get through it and not move over or get over it? We're not here to tell you to get over it. We want to help you get through it as Tammy um, so eloquently brought out. Tammy, I thank you 100% for bringing all of your expertise to, you know, this panel. And I just hope that everyone is able to get something out of it. And again, thank you, ladies. And to the new year, we will continue. Bruh, let's talk about it. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye, Tammy. Bye. Gratitude. Bye. Thank you. Kim, you're on mute. Bye-bye. <laughs> She's like, oh, I am. <laughs>